0: Pipe is one of the oldest instruments. To play it, you blow into a pipe attached to a leather or synthetic bag, then press on the bag to force the air out through other pipes to create sound.
1: The Big Rap Show podcast is kindly sponsored by G1 Reeds, played by some of the top bands around the world, including our current champion of champions in Vararian District, and of course the Red Hot Chili Pipers. So thanks to the guys at G1 for keeping the lights on here. At the Big Rab Show podcast. Hello there, and welcome along to another Big Rab Show podcast. How are you? Welcome along. We are the show for the piping folk. So, if it's got bagpipes in it, around it, or near it at all, then we are the show for you. Now, <clears throat> as you may have guessed by the title of this week's podcast, we're going to be talking all about winter storm. <sighs> what a weekend it's been! <laughs> Yeah, if you didn't catch us on last week's podcast, we talked all about Winter Storm and our preview and the different things that we would like to look at and everything. Man, I can't tell you what an incredible weekend it was. And we'll get into all of that and topic of the week. We'll talk all about Winter Storm. But first of all, let's get into the domestic, shall we? <laughs> with each and every podcast, we kick it off with a bit of listener mail. And you guys have been crazy with your listener mail this past week. A lot of you loved the uh the throw forward to Celtic Connections and actually a lot of people actually booking tickets off the back of our show so thank you a lot of people didn't know the thunderstruck was coming back again to celtic connections so hey there you go happy to help There's a lot of people going that direction then to celtic connections to go and check out some of the big shows so thank you also a lot of people said that we missed out so much on our winter storm preview and yeah Winter Storm is such a huge event, there's just way too much to cover. I would have probably needed two podcasts to do it properly, and hey, here we are again. (laughs) We're talking about Winter Storm again. So, yeah, that's this week's topic of the week. We'll talk more about Winter Storm, possibly stuff that I didn't cover last week on our preview. So don't worry, we'll get to that. Also, a lot of very supportive messages coming through saying that they've been enjoying our Patreon page. Yeah, a lot of people really loving the extra content that's up there on Patreon. So thank you, everyone. We are putting in quite a considerable amount of work into our Patreon page. A lot of extra stuff going up there. So thank you, everyone who's been enjoying it. And for clicking that support button. Yeah, we have a lot of people on there on Patreon at the moment. And I'll just give them a shout out. Uh, We have Killian Smith, we have Andrew O'Sullivan, Andrew Shilladay, Brandon Moreno, Grant Rennie, Joe Brady. Joe Brady! Yeah, Josh McEckern, Tim Hutchison, Akatabui Bagpipe Specialist, Source Bagpipes, Lone Star Piper, Harris Kiltz and Bradley McKenna. There you go. You guys are Awesome. awesome! Yeah, and for as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month... You can help support the show. Every single penny raised on our Patreon, plus every bit of merch and everything sold on our website, really does help support the show, so I can't thank yous enough. If anything, you guys have been kind of going a bit crazy on the merchandise this last while. We are experiencing some hold-ups, mind you, uh, with our suppliers, so do bear with us. Uh, That is an ongoing problem at the moment we are trying to get solved, so don't worry, we're getting to the bottom of it. But you guys have been buying the stuff up like crazy this last while. I think it's because I announced recently that we're going to be scrapping all the old merchandise. And we're going to be getting new hoodies, new t-shirts, new, new everything. So all the old stuff that is there at the website at the minute, it'll go. So yeah, snap it up now when you get the chance. Go along, bigrabshow.com. If you like the designs that are up there, go and grab them now before they're gone. Because they will disappear from that website. So there you go. That's your chance. So, like I said, for as little as, like I think it's $5 a month or something, you get your hands on tons of extra content. Like, we've got exclusive YouTube clips and things and videos all up there. We've also got Big Rab Show Plus, which is coming up. And we've also got tons of other stuff on there that doesn't ordinarily reach either the Fuse FM Bala Money Show or reaches us here on the Rab Show Podcast. So, for like I said, click the support button and... Bing! You can be part of the club. Now, I have got a number of messages from people who do want to support us on Patreon, but also don't want to have a shout-out on the podcast. For whatever reason, that's perfectly fine. Just let us know that, hey, I'm going to click this support button, but I don't want you to read my name. That's fine. That's 100%. Yeah, just let us know, and we will quite happily oblige. Anyway... It's been a busy week in the piping week. Yeah, in the piping world, I should say. Celtic Connections, let's talk about it at the start of the show, shall, shall we? Some of the big launch events did not disappoint. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Yeah, one of the big events that I highlighted on the podcast there last week was Brave live and concert. Now, I managed to see a lot of photographs from the event, but up until now I haven't seen any of recordings or any video footage at all from this. It's been like hen's teeth trying to find something. Now, there's been rumors that it's been recorded for either television or radio, so we may see and hear this event in mainstream media. But I have had reports from the ground from people who actually attended the event ...and said, oh my God, Rob! it was amazing. They had a huge, big projector screen... ...up over the Glasgow Royal Concert Hall stage... but you guys know it was massive. Plus, they had the full symphony orchestra there... ...and they had all their traditional musicians... ...and pipers and everything on stage... ...going through the movie of Brave. Now, I know people kind of slag me off for this as well. <laughs> do you like a Disney movie, man? What do you like? Yeah, trust me. The soundtrack for this Disney film, Brave... ...if you're a piping fan outstanding. It's brilliant. Go and check it out. Yeah, even if you're not into classical music or film score music for that, go and check it out. If you're a piping fan at all, you will not regret it. This soundtrack is incredible. So the the fact that they've played it live with a symphony orchestra, it was just... It looks incredible and I cannot wait to try and dig up some recordings from this. Also, there's been some video footage and stuff released from the festival with Ross Ainsley, Ancho Lorenzo, all those guys that I talked about, about that big... Oh, come on. I'm not only repeating myself. But that big concert featuring all of those guys, there was video footage from that. Just stupid. It's ridiculous how good it was. It was just Amazing. I'm actually gutted that I couldn't be there at <laughs> Celtic Connections kickoff. It just looked incredible. Now, the whole festival itself in Celtic Connections does run right the way through until mid to late February. Uh, plus, we have the Young Scotch Traditional Musician of the Year Award to come up. and Plus, we'll keep you posted on that, of course. Tons of great stuff from the Celtic Connections Festival all to come. So, go and check them out. CelticConnections.com festival is now in full swing. Definitely worth checking out. And... Uh, Yeah, like me, if you can't go to any of the events, search away online and you will definitely find some real good musical nuggets on there, as I say. (laughs) Definitely worth picking out. Okay, on the RAP Show podcast, as you guys know, we celebrated episode 100 a while ago... Yeah, recorded the whole thing live and we had our episode 100 giveaway. So, shout out to G1, our incredible sponsor. Give us some prizes for you guys, the podcast listeners. And, yeah, we announced them yesterday (laughs) as I'm recording this. We announced them on a Facebook live stream who won our G1 giveaway. Now, the prizes were two boxes of G1 Platinum Reads. These were our two runner-up prices. And we also had a G1 Platinum Chanter and Reed setup. So it was basically a plug-and-play system. Which is just outstanding. So, shout out to G1 again for these prizes. They were simply incredible. So, our prize winners then. The winner of the chanter, G1 Chanter and reed Setup was Jamie Walker. The reeds then went to Brian Harris and Camille Lit. So, there you go. Yeah, our Aussie bra got a competition prize. Well done. <laughs> so, that was brilliant. All right, to read all this out and see how excited people were for the G1 giveaway, it was fantastic. I did say, however, at the end of our G1 giveaway live stream that I'm very aware that we've given away a lot of piping prizes here on the Rab Show Podcast. Seems to be very Piper piping centred. We're not representing the drummers, are we? So, with that in mind, our good friends at Rhythm Monster have helped us out a great deal with this week's podcast. They've actually got quite a number of really... But, interviews for you for Topic of the Week, so we'll get to that. But, shout out to the guys at Rhythm Monster. They are going to be running a special promotion on their website. They are offering Big Rab Show listeners 10% off their annual fee or their monthly subscription fee. 10% off if you use the uh, promotional code Rab Monster. There you go. <laughs> so whenever you're going to the checkout and you're subscribing, uh, if you're taking it out even just for a month, you, have, you get an extra 10% off if you're a Big Rab Show podcast listener. So there you go. Shout out to the guys at Rhythm Monster. That's an awesome prize that those guys are giving away. And this is up until the 31st of January 2019. So depending, of course, when you're listening to this podcast, it may have expired. So it's a short time offer. 10% off your monthly fee or 10% off your annual fee, depending on how long you want to subscribe to Rhythm Monster. And trust me, you'll want the annual one because these guys are going to be coming up with some fantastic content for 2019. And you'll want to be a part of it, especially if you're a drummer, or even if you're not a drummer. If you're a piper too, this could be something that would be really interesting to you pipers out there too. So go and check them out, rhythmmonster.com. And use our promotional code. Rabmonster and get 10% off. There you go. Thank you guys. Alright. On to more piping news. The Blackthorn Piping Society. Is opening its door again. Yep. The 20th of February. And they've just announced who their featured piper is. Now this one. Is kind of special. Yeah. We have John McElmurray. Of course. From the Matt Boyd Memorial Pipe Band. Now John. Is quite famous. Locally here in Northern Ireland. And he was. Of course, tutored by Pipe Major Norman Dodds, MBE, and yeah, this year he won the former winner's MSR at the annual core competition, gaining first overall and tons of other adulations and stuff. He was uh, he gained first place in the Peebrook at Northern Ireland Piper of the Year, and playing, a placed third overall in that. Yeah, this will be one show for them from the Blackthorn Piping Society that you will not want to miss. Featuring John McElmurray. Definitely going to be worth checking out. And it's free. Just walk in through the door at the Discover Ulster Scott Centre there in Belfast. So doors open at seven thirty, twentieth 20th of February. Yeah, you will not be disappointed. This will definitely be one event that you will not want to miss. Anyway, in other news, the Kids With Cancer charity event. Yay! I know I didn't mention it on purpose on last week's podcast, but by gum, I am going to mention it on on this week's podcast because I am stupidly excited for this event. I can't tell you (laughs) how stupidly excited I am for this thing. Yes, the 9th of February in the Royal Hotel in Cookstown, the Kids with Cancer charity event is going to be opening its doors at 5 p.m. Starting at 6 p.m. sharp. So you have about an hour to get your drinks in. All money raised at this incredible event will be going towards the Children's Cancer Unit in the Royal Victoria Hospital in Belfast. Now, whenever you look at the lineup of this bad boy... (sighs) It's just brilliant. You have a St. Lawrence O'Toole mini-band. They're going to be performing. So, who knows? Will we hear some new material from St. Lawrence O'Toole? As you guys know, they are furiously working behind the scenes, putting their concert together for April... All sorts of excited for that. That's another topic. But yeah. St Lawrence Atul will be there with a mini band. And will we see some new competition stuff? Who knows? We never know. But we'll definitely be up for a fantastic show with the guys. As St Lawrence hitting the stage. But we're not done Loads of solo artists coming. We have Garth McLeese from the Field Marshal. We have Willie Glenholms, of course. We have Grant Cassidy from the Chili Pipers and Uddington Strathclyde as well. We have Lee Lawson as well. We have Samuel Hanna as well from Breshane District. Connor Lawler from St. Lawrence. We have Dean Smith from the FM. Kerr McQuillan, we we'll are talking about later, uh, from Boghall and Bathgate, of course. And John Lappin. So that's the drummers. And also from the piping point of view, we have Craig Monroe from the Chili Pipers. And of course, St. Lawrence. with Andrew Shilliday as well from Tully Lygum. We have Chris Coyle from Field Marshall. Ryan Couples-Mendez from Field Marshall. And then we have something that's quite interesting. Yes, you guys, the listeners of the Rab Show podcast, have an opportune uh, moment in time. This is something epic. This event, the Kids Cancer charity event that's running in the Royal Hotel in Cookstown... The Big Rab Show will be there, of course. There's no show without punch. Big Rab and his big bake will be sitting right up front and centre trying to catch all of the action. Now, the guys who's organising this event, Gary Smith and co, have asked us to get involved. Now, at, on the night, there will be two piping legends. Two good friends, actually. And they'll be on stage. Terry Tully, of course, from St. Lawrence Tool, And Richard Parks, MBA from the Field Marshal. And the organisers have asked us on The Rab Show to do something kind of special. They want us to ask you guys, the listeners of The Rab Show, to send in your questions. Yes, they're going to be interviewed live on stage in front of a packed house. And yeah, us on The Rab Show will be there handing them the questions from you guys. So this is an opportune time to get questions answered by two piping legends. Now, of course, us on the Rab Show will be there, recorders in hand. So we will be recording and taping and possibly live streaming certain bits. And this is one bit that we will definitely bring to the podcast. So you guys have the opportunity now to ask two of the biggest piping legends this side of the Irish Sea or the Atlantic for that matter. Yeah, just what makes them tick. So there you go. Email us in your questions for Terry Tully and email us in your questions for Richard Parks, MBE, Show at gmail.com. Now, please put in the title of your email, Kids With Cancer Event. And there you go. So your question will then get entered in and then it will all form part of the night's proceedings. So you have an opportune time to ask the guys, what's their favourite medley? Who's their favourite snare drummer? <laughs> What kind of reads do they play? All of this kind of stuff. You have the chance then to talk directly to Terry Tully and Richard Parks and ask them a question through ourselves here on The Big Rab Show. So there you go. That's quite a cool opportunity right there. So email us in. Kids with Cancer event in the title. And email us bigrabshow at gmail.com. That address again. Bigrabshow at gmail.com. Dot com. Get your questions into Richard Parks and Terry Tully, and yeah, be prepared for the answer because it'll go out in front of a live audience. That'll be quite good fun, actually. All right. So we also have bass and tenor drummers appearing at this as well. We have Aoife Bissett from uh, St. Lawrence. We also have Adam Montgomery from the Quinn. Ewan Smith from the Quinn. And we also have Aaron McElwain from Klaus Kelt as well doing his own special thing. And he'll also be part of the, uh, I think the Northern Ireland Drum Majors will also be there to hand. Remember they were there as part of the Big Rab Show live? Yeah. There you go. Also, we'll have Robin uh, Talbot and James Marks, who will also be singing. And there will be music from the music service from Pipes and Drums as well. Now, this event is just incredible. Yeah, last year, you can just check out last year's podcast that we've done at this event. It basically pulled in a who's who from the piping world all over the world. It was incredible. So... Go check out last year's podcast. We will be doing something similar again this incoming year. We'll be bringing you another podcast from this incredible event. Now, for you guys living internationally, don't fear. We do hope to have plans to be able to live stream this. This is yet to be cleared by the organizers yet. So not 100% confident in that. So (laughs) we do hope to get that signed off pretty soon. So we can bring you guys some of the action from this incredible event. So you get to see what happens on stage on the night. Of course, possibly one of the biggest things for us on The Rab Show will be the Terry Tully and Richard Park's questioning and answering session. So, if you want, please submit your questions. There you go. Now's your chance. So, in another bit of piping news then, uh, Mackenzie Caledonian actually dropped a bit of news this past week. 22nd of January, this got banged out there into the public eye. And, uh, yeah... It's, I don't know, a bit shocking to say the least. So after about 15 years of teaching and leading the Mackenzie Caledonian uh, Novice Juvenile Band they yeah, Anne Spaulding is handing over the reins of Pipe Major. Now, Anne has been a part of that band for, yeah, well, I've just said there, 15 years. But she's become synonymous with all the teaching and all of that. Coaching and just countless amount of work that Anne has been carrying out all around the Dundee area of Scotland. So, yeah, it is kind of sad to see Spalding kind of step down from the pipe major role. However, she is still going to be a competing member of the Grade 2 band. So there you go. But she's not completely going to hang up the pipes altogether. Uh, I think she's also, uh, yeah, she's just handed the reins over. Let me see who's this guy. I'm reading the script here live. <laughs> Yeah, 21-year-old Jamie Falconer is going to be the brand-new Pipe Major. So, yeah, I have to say, the best of luck, Jamie. Big boots to fill there, mate, but I dare say you will do well. The band is affectionately called the Mini Max. They were started back in 1995, and, yeah, I cannot wait to see what they're going to bring in 2019, to be honest. Yeah, so, with that in mind, good luck to Jamie, and it's sorry to see you go but hey, the mini max go on from strength to strength. I wish you as well, guys. So, in other news, we have a bit of an announcement to make. The Northern Ireland Piping and Drumming School are going to be opening a brand new school... Yeah, this is a brand new school in Belfast. It's going to be in the Spectrum Centre in Belfast. So they've invited everyone to their opening evening, Thursday the 24th of January. So yeah, just tomorrow whenever I'm recording this. 7pm to 8.30pm. It's going to be in the Spectrum Centre. And that's in uh, the Shankill Road in Belfast. So they have, yeah, an incredible demonstration from Garth McGlees. We just mentioned is coming to the charity night Plus he's piloted at the Rab Show Live awesomeness. But for full details and everything, go and check out the Northern Ireland Piping and Drummond School details on their social media. I think the event, by all accounts, is free. Yeah? So, definitely worth checking out. So, there you go. Another Piping and Drummond School opening, which is all sorts of exciting. Right. Now, us on the Rab Show here, podcast, we did create our own little bit of news not too long ago. We published on our Facebook page the dates for the Northern Ireland season. Now, Let's get to the bottom of this, shall we? There seems to be quite a lot of confusion over dates for this incoming season. Us on the Rab Show seen on the headquarters RSPBA HQ website. We seen on the Scottish headquarters website that all the dates for this incoming season were published. And us on the Rab Show thought, oh, hey, the dates are up. Cool. So... We published them on our Facebook page and shared them out there for everyone who may not have ordinarily have seen them. Now these included dates that some of them were to be confirmed. Some of them hadn't been confirmed yet as to the location, to the date, all of that sort of stuff. But we kind of roughly knew where in the calendar these competitions should fall. Anyway, long story short... We published the dates and it got shared far and wide and actually turned out to be quite viral within the piping community. A load of people sharing it far and wide for people who were making travel arrangements. Because we found that some of the dates on the calendar and the venues had actually changed. So Port Rush was maybe earlier than what we had expected. And different things like that. So anyway, long story short, RSPBA headquarters published the dates for the competition season. Us and the Rab Show shared them out. We were then informed by a post on social media by the Royal Scottish Pipe Band Association, Northern Ireland Branch. And they shared it out and said, Please be advised that the provisional dates and venues posted below will not be confirmed until council meetings have taken place. We will publish the dates as soon as possible after they have been confirmed. Ooh. So, yeah... The council meetings have yet to take place, so these dates have yet to be confirmed and set in concrete. So us on the Rab Show were then kind of left with egg on our face. We were trying to help out all our listeners who were making all these travel arrangements and such, and to tell them when these competitions were happening, like we told you last week or the week before, as soon as we know, we'll let you know. And, yeah, I think in this case, we kind of jumped the gun too soon. We acted on information that we got from our headquarters and headquarters must have made a mistake and published them before they were given the green light. As to whether that was a mistake or not, I don't know. But they haven't done it in previous years. Normally they do wait until competitions get a green light before anything gets published. So for this to happen, I don't know exactly what's happening, (laughs) to be honest. Royal Scottish Pipe Band Association in headquarters in Glasgow are doing one thing, whereas our branch here in Northern Ireland appear to be doing another. The guys in Northern Ireland are being cautious and they're not publishing any details until they get the thumbs up from their district councils. However, headquarters seem to publish the dates anyway and then hope for the best. Now, last week we spoke about the financial situation in Dumbarton. We got quite a lot of emails about that. Some people saying that it was accurate what we were talking about and that they're genuinely worried. Some people saying that it was just sensationalist media trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. And there isn't really a financial problem at Dumbarton. So, I don't know. I guess I can only go on the information that we have given, been given, and that's what was in the papers. Nobody is talking about this. Whenever you actually speak to anyone from Dumbartonshire District Council, nobody seems to know anything. And with that in mind, we kind of err on the side of caution. Dumbarton does seem to be experiencing some sort of financial conflict there between the association and the district council. So, yeah. How will the championships be ran this year in Dumbarton? Don't know. What's the future for Dumbarton competition in general? Again... Don't know. So I guess we have to wait. This is now January. Our association here in Northern Ireland haven't got the dates in the calendar yet. Our own headquarters seem to be publishing dates all over the place that aren't set in stone. And as for Dumbarton, who knows? No one knows. (laughs) I guess this is January And so much to do with our 2019 season seems to be up in the air at the moment. With all sorts of financial problems and meetings and everything all just seems to be up in the air. It's very confusing. Now a lot of people are contacting ourselves here on The Rab Show trying to organise travel. There's a lot of people actually this year who are travelling from international fields to come to Northern Ireland, to come to Scotland and England and all of these places in the UK to come to these competitions Especially some of the big ones, especially the majors. A lot of people want to come to the UKs, the Scottish, the Euros, the, the Worlds. They want to hit the majors. So, what I would say for the major championships is that they are set in stone, they are put in concrete. So, if you do want to travel and you want to come to, say, the European Championships, or you want to come to the UKs in Northern Ireland, or you want to go to the Worlds, they are set in stone. Go to RSPBA headquarters. All the details are up there on their calendar page. You can trust those dates. They have been booked. So you can book your flights, your hotels with good faith. However, with everything else in the domestic calendar, we've been told, yeah, by our own branch here in Northern Ireland that the council meetings have not taken place yet. So nowhere has been confirmed. There's been a couple, I think, that we have had a provisional green light for. I think Newton-Ards is the first one that's been said that's kind of confirmed. And the next one, then, is the All-Ireland Championships, which are happening in Ballymena this year. I think those are the two that have the final green light. But when you consider that's two competitions out of an entire season, that's not good. So, yeah, we are nervous. I have to say, for those people who got extremely excited whenever we published those dates... Uh, apologies, we did not mean to mislead you in any way. Please don't get that twisted. We did not mean to mislead anyone. We basically acted on the information that we seen on the RSPBA headquarters website. Now you can almost almost say for with certainty that the information that comes from your own headquarters should be accurate. So, I guess we are now left with egg, egg in our face. Hey ho, live and learn, I guess. So, (laughs) as soon as we get the confirmed dates, and not the provisional ones, we will definitely let you all know. Grant. So, with that lesson learned, (laughs) we shall fly on. Grant. Okay, it's time now, I reckon. Now, for those people who are sending me uh, Snapchats and messages on Facebook, on our uh, Rab Show Facebook page and stuff, of people drinking tea, you guys are Awesome. You're absolutely brilliant. Loads of people sending me photographs of them drinking tea whilst listening to the podcast. That's the way to do it. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So this is something we used to do whenever we first launched the podcast. Actually, I used to get people to send us in messages and let us know what they're doing while they're listening to the podcast. A lot of people listen to us when they're driving. Or they're maybe travelling on a bus or a train or plane or something. Uh, but yeah, if you are settling down with a big cup of tea right now to enjoy Topic of the Week, send us in a photo. Let us see your cuppa. <laughs> Grant, well, that's it. Time for me to go and get myself a big cup of tea. It's time for the Topic of the Week. Are you on the lookout for a set of vintage pipes? Then look at Source Bagpipes. Bagpipes ranging from McDougall. Glenn, Stark, McKinnon, McPhee, Henderson, Laurie, and Sinkler, and many, many more. In addition, brand new set of pipes by Booth and Pedigree. They have a no quibble return policy with 25% deposit securing any set of bagpipes, also offering a full payment plan to be able to pay for your set of pipes over 12 months. Source Bagpipes now have a range of vintage pipe chanters and vintage practice chanters in stock and are all up on their website. SourceBagpipes.co.uk Contact Ross for more information. LoneStarPiper.com Serving the piping and drumming community in the United States for over 10 years. Featuring RG Hardy's full range of bagpipes including Henderson's and Gallic theme lines of kilts and doublets and bespoke Highland wear including sparns and cap badges. LoneStarPiper.com Offer tailored payment plans on any set of bagpipes If your drum core needs a new look Then they can help you With a full custom design from Adanti Drums And custom bass heads from Evans and Remo Lone Star Piper is also the North American distributor For Beat Street Drumming Goods from Northern Ireland Have you any questions about any of the major brands they carry Then you can contact Jeremy At sales at LoneStarPiper.com LoneStarPiper.com Check them out The Harris Kilt Company, 150 Sandy Row Belfast, offering high-quality garments with unique styles, enough to cover any wedding, formal event, or even pipe band competition. They can offer a full range of kilt and jacket combinations, all completed with Highland accessories, all available for sale or for hire. If you're looking for a Highland-inspired outfit of the highest quality, then look no further than Harris Kilts. HarrisKilts.com. 150 Sandy
2: Row Belfast. Check him out. Hello, this is Fred Morrison, and you're listening to The Big Rab Show.
1: <laughs> yes, the whole reason you clicked on this week's podcast to begin with the topic of the week. Winter Storm. <laughs> Wasn't it ridiculous just how good Winter Storm was? Now, I know I was stuck here in the UK watching everything on my but oh my word was it amazing i just wanted to be there in that audience watching everything with you guys it was just the last word now i have to say a huge massive thank you to the guys at the dojo the pipers dojo done an outstanding job with all of their live coverage i cannot thank them enough so shout out to andrew douglas and the guys Andrew, you guys are absolute legends. Thank you so much for all of your amazing work over the course of the weekend at the festival. It was just priceless. Yeah, you couldn't pay for that. It was just amazing. I noticed they had a donation button up there on the official website and everything. So if you guys managed to enjoy any of the live stream at all, I would encourage you. Please just drop them a couple of dollars or whatever you can afford. Uh, Yeah, the whole thing is volunteer led, which I didn't know. Um, So, yeah, every single penny of support does help the guys at the organizing committee and all of that. Putting so much amazingness together. Yeah, I have to take my hat off. What an incredible event. Well ran to a T. I don't think there was any lateness or anything like that. No big giant hiccups. So, congratulations to the organizers of the Midwest Highland Arts Fund. It's just fantastic. Well done. So... Shout out to the guys of the Piper's Dojo. Your live streaming was simply outstanding. And thank you from all of us living internationally who couldn't go. But we were able to tune in and catch every single note. It was brilliant. However, with live streams, we had the common problem with people complaining. Saying, oh, I want to watch the senior snare. I want to watch the tenor drumming. I want to watch the bass drumming. Whereas, Andre and the guys only physically had one camera. Now, that is what it is we are the same here in the rap show and we constantly put up with kind of a barrage of oh you'd never film the drum majors or oh you never film grade four whenever you're there with one camera and you can only physically be in one grade at one time <laughs> so we know what it's like it's yeah, it's a can of worms. So Andrew and the guys worked incredibly hard and I have to say a massive thank you. However, it would have been cool to be able to see some of the drumming, some of the bass drum and tenor it would have been cool to see some of that. But most of the stuff that I managed to catch was all from the piping. Which don't get me wrong, it was simply brilliant. Alright. So yes, let's talk about the competition first of all, shall we? Yes, I'm gonna read a list, hashtag chanterant, but yeah, I have to do it, because the list of prize winners kind of, in some cases, did surprise me. And in other cases, didn't. Because whenever you consider the standard of the event itself, that's one thing I really want to put across on the podcast. is that Our wrap-up of Winterstorm 2019 has to be the standard of music that was played throughout all the grades. Alright, it was just stupid. It was ridiculous how high the standard was, okay? You guys are just getting way too talented. You should stop it now. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. The standard was sky high. So, well done to anyone. If you've managed to place anywhere near the top five at all in any of your respective grades, you deserve a pint, my friend. And, yeah, pat yourself on the back from ourselves here in The Rap Show, all right? Okay, let's start, shall we? The winner of the silver medal Peabrook competition then went to Ross Miller of Glasgow in the UK. Well done, Ross. Now, reading down this, yeah, I have to give a particular shout out to Jack Williamson. Shout out to Jack. He came fifth there. Well done, Jack. You. Brilliant. And Alistair Murray came fourth there, of course, from Pittsburgh. Well done, Alistair. Third came Dan Laden Or Laden. even. See, this is when I start pronouncing people's names wrong. And second was Austin Deppenhorst. There you go. So, well done. So, that was the Peabrook results for the silver medal. Not bad at all, guys. Well done. All right. On to the tenor drumming. Who lifted the gold medal then? We'll just stick to the gold medal for the tenors. And that went to Sam Johnson. Second went to Taylor Page. And third went to Kyle Heaney. Well done, Kyle. So, there you go. And Taylor and Sam. Well done, guys. All well deserved. On to the bass drumming then. Who won the gold medal for the bass drumming? Ben Elkins. Yeah, from Dunedin. Well done, Ben. And then Ben Finlay came second, and Andrew Fowler came third. Well done, guys. Onto the kill bag. Then the Grade One kill bag went to Kelly Johnson. Well done, Kelly. Uh, montan then came second, with Griffin Hall came in them third. So that was your Grade One kill bag. Well done. Onto the Peabrook competition. Then uh, let me see. This was the amateur Pebrock, by the way. Yeah. I'm getting myself all confused now. So lifting the grade one amateur, Peabrock went to Griffin Hall. Second went to Liam Murray, and third went to Alistair Martin. Well done, guys! And yeah, I have to say the standard in that, by the way, it was stupid. I actually caught quite a lot of recordings from the amateur Peabrock competition. Oh, don't even get me started. It was brilliant. I was even I was watching most of the grade three actually from the amateur Peabrock, and it was pff. yes. Ridiculous. <laughs> on to the amateur drumming. Then on grade one, have to give a shout out to Kerr McQuillan, of course, from Bogholm back Kerr, congratulations, mate. Lifted the Grade One title, well done. Second was Robert Graham, and third was Matthew Page. Not bad at all. The gold medal drumming them into Eli Fugit, I think is how you pronounce the name, uh, Fugit. Yeah, so well done. Second went to Blair Brown. Third was Eric McNamee. Fourth was Derek Cooper. Fifth was Grant Maxwell. Well done, Grant. And sixth was Stephen Pinder. Of course, well done, Stephen. They are. So then the gold medal, Peabrook, then. Who lifted that? I went to Cameron McDougall. Second went to Andrew Carlyle. And third was Nick Hudson. So that's it for my list. Hashtag But yeah, shout out to all of you prize winners. I have to say, I didn't read out you all because there's too many grades. So I'll be here all day. The standard across all of the grades was just stupid. It was really, really high. So for anyone to lift a prize, I know I've said this before. Has anyone lifted a prize during that? You really do... Deserve a pint <laughs> if you drink or not. Yeah, it was simply outstanding. So, yes, we managed to have some on the ground reporters from Winterstorm. Shout out goes to Jim Williamson, who managed to get us quite a few clips from people who were on the ground at Winterstorm.
3: Ken Eller, world ambassador for piping, tell us what keeps you coming back to Winterstorm every year? Oh, passion. Simple yeah. as that. This is an institution, eh? Yeah. It's the the only place in the world where all these people and all this talent and the social ends of it all come together in one weekend. Pretty simple. How about the barbecue? Huh? How about the barbecue? Non committal. I'm a Canadian boy. (laughs) Meat and potatoes, beef and patties, you know? There you go. (laughs) Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. Allie Murray, the listeners of the Big Rab Show want to know what brings you back to Winter Storm every year? Good barbecue food? Anything else? Barbecue food. And is there one more thing? You're playing against some of the best players in the world, and you're being judged by some of the best judges in the world. So it's one of the best-ran competitions. You've got excellent shirts. You've got uh, just a really good platform to perform and, and try to play your best. Very good. Thanks. Jeremy from Lone Star Piper. The uh, listeners to The Big Rab Show want to know, what's your favorite thing about Winter Storm? The drinks. And the people what's so great about the people oh it's just it's just like a uh, a fruit basket if you will of people (laughs) from all over the world that come together under the roof that they won't go outside because it's too cold everybody just hangs out and you don't have to leave the hotel and you, you just keep constantly seeing people that you haven't caught up with in a
1: year and it's just good people Thank you. Ah, there you go. Shout out to Jim Williamson there. Thank you so much for grabbing those little clips and stuff and catching up with people on the ground there. It's great to hear from Ken Eller and, of course, Jeremy from Lone Star Piper. Well done. Great. Okay, let's fly on. Now, the guys at Rhythm Monster were there at Winterstorm and they managed to get some really killer interviews for us. They managed to get some of the winners... Uh, from Winterstorm and managed to chat to them all about their experience so without further ado i should hand over to the guys at rhythm monster
4: what's up guys this is mike from rhythm monster i am here with mr sam johnson sam just won the gold medal tenor drum solo contest at Winterstorm 2019 it's really awesome sam johnson how do you feel about winning the big gold medal thing
0: It's an absolute honor, really. I've been really pushing for it for years now. Uh, Just been knocking at the door, top three, for the past few years. Uh, It's really an excellent feeling trying to actually finally get up there. And, I mean, nice to have a new drum, too, so can't complain.
4: That's pretty sweet, right? How cool is it that this contest, or, I mean, this whole event, of all the things that it offers for the soloist, you get a drum, you get some cash. What, What all do you get when you win the gold medal tenor contest
0: now? So, we get a gold medal. Uh, It's made solid gold, and it's probably one of the heaviest things I've ever, like, held. It's pretty sweet. Uh, You get a $750 cash prize, as well as a drum of your choice between Pearl, Premier, and Andante. That's fantastic. Just out of curiosity, which drum did you choose, and why? I went with an Andante tenor. Um, I feel that they've really revamped their styles with their tenor drums, and I like the way they sound, and I really like the way they feel. So, That's cool. Is
4: this your first personal tenor drum, or do you have other drums that you already own?
0: So I have a couple of drums that I already have. Um, I've actually had to sell a couple. Uh, We had a bunch of drums from the City of Washington Pipe Band, which I bought, and uh, we don't really use them anymore. But uh, the ones that I currently have uh, are a hospital drum as well as a pearl tenor that I use for the band. Uh, Aside from that, this is my first uh, real drum that's from Andante that I've been really excited to actually try out. So
4: That's awesome. So you're essentially going for diversity. You wanted to get something you didn't already have.
0: Yes, exactly. I've never tried the Andantes and like I said I, I've noticed them with the grade one bands and they really have stepped it up and they really like what they're producing so I wanted to give it a shot.
4: Awesome. So... We actually know each other really well because we used to play in city of Washington together. And Sam actually played snare drum. So we played snare drum together in a grade one band. But now you're in a super highly competitive grade two band, which is McMillan. And you're the lead tenor drummer. So what made you... I mean, you're one of these guys that have been an excellent snare drummer and tenor drummer, probably bass drummer for a long time. What made you go from playing snare drum in a grade one band... Uh, to now move into lead tenor of a highly competitive grade 2 band.
0: So it's actually an interesting story. We, um, I played snare with City of Washington for about 10 years. Uh, then City of Washington kind of folded, and I was supposed to take over the midsection their last year in existence. Uh, but since it kind of didn't work out, just took a year of hiatus, and then McMillan appeared, and they had a new leadership program, so I thought it would be a perfect way to get my foot in the door and really do some work with tenors. I had never really led a core before, and it was a really good experience, and McMillan's helped me grow in that aspect. Um, I miss playing snare here and there. Uh, I always like drumming the car and everything, so it's still there in my heart. But uh, playing tenor, I remember being a kid and wanting to do this. Uh, as long as I can really remember so it, playing tenor is really where my soul's at right now so.
4: Interesting, that's super cool and you've had a, a fair shake at both and you know, you're super young so you've got a lot of time to try something else some other time, right?
0: Oh, Definitely and maybe pick up pipes later on that's way down the Ooh.
4: road but I don't know if I can do that. Let's, let's go easy here let's go easy so <laughs> let's talk about the the actual repertoire for the contest itself i think a lot of people i mean myself included if we're not super experienced tenor drummers we have difficulty knowing what's the difference between band rep and solo rep and you know we all know that there's this delicate line of maybe not enough material and too much material in the tenor core in the band but you obviously need a little bit more when you do solos so at at, at the high level when you're doing a gold medal at Winter Storm or an open contest somewhere else how do you take a tune that you have in the band and adapt it for you a solo tenor player what's the process of dealing with those different things
0: so that's actually exactly what I did Um, the scores that I write for Macmillan are I don't want to say simplified but they're more for a core uh, we, I'm able to do things with a core that I'm not able to do by myself and then vice versa when I do the solos uh, so with the core stuff we break it up into a little bit less playing and since we have more voices with the tenors, more tones, it makes it a little bit easier to put certain flourishing in there as well as with the certain tones with the rhythms um, but when converting that over to solo material, I like to keep most of the rhythms because they for the most part line up and I add a bunch of things that really push to be at a professional level for tenor drumming in general like I really incorporate a lot of snare rudiments uh, we got fives roughs uh, all those other cool. rhythmic cues at times yeah. um, so it's just I like to push that kind of thing because you don't hear it that much especially so on a tenor drum
4: you find yourself adding more embellished figures yes. on the
0: tenor drum and doing
4: solos
0: yeah that's super cool and interesting and if you do that sort of uh, those embellishments in a band setting it can be too much overbearing uh, and it's just going to be muffled So
4: totally and even if you try doing that those really compressed embellished given the nature of the tenor drum, even a 14-inch drum, you're not going to hear it. Yeah. It's not articulate enough. But in a solo setting, when you're facing forward, it's just you. You have time to let that
0: shine. That's awesome. Yeah, And it really helps, uh, with, especially with solos, because you can push the dynamics that you're looking for. You don't have to rely on anybody else, as you do with the bands. And we'll get that with the band as well but you really have an easier time because you know what you're looking for um, and you can do those rudiments however you think are best with those dynamics.
4: That's awesome, man. So you you bump up the level of just material, more embellishments, more advanced stuff, and I assume it's the same for the flourishing, right? Do you take the flourishing to the next level? And if so, how high do you shoot? Do you go for the most virtuosic stuff you can do or how do you balance that out from a flourishing standpoint
0: so it's actually an interesting concept because you have to it's kind of like a mixture of old school and new school you have to make sure you establish the four pattern the uh, normal straightforward beats um, that you know how to do forte pianos that you know how to do basic beats basically and then you can add the extra things uh with flourishing and it depends on what you're able to do i always push myself to the absolute max that i can uh like my shoulders still hurt from today (laughs) so it's it's a process and you just got to keep working at it i've been practicing for the past three months straight every single day on these sets so awesome
4: and what are the sets you have to do now for the gold medal tenor contest and winter storm
0: it's an MSR, and then you take a slight break, and then you do a hornpipe jig.
4: Excellent. And are all of those band sets for you, or are some of them band sets and some of them your own?
0: The MSR is sort of a band set. I took the March and Stress Bay from one set and then the reel from the second MSR that we do and kind of meshed them in together. And the hornpipe jig, I actually wrote pretty much my, myself. Uh, the jig Alex Gildell wrote, and it's phenomenal. Uh, it's based off of a, uh, a Saint Lawrence O'Toole score, and I kind of mesh melded my score to that, and it's worked out really well. That's cool. And what about the jig? The jig is a lot of fun. Um, it, I played Fiddler's Rally. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an eight-part tune, and that's that's a lot of playing. That's a big tune. Yeah, yeah. So it was a lot of fun, and uh, I hope to play it again in the future. And like I said, I push for a lot of. Uh, really difficult flourishing especially in the eighth part um i was doing like a windmill and a bunch of like push outs that really you can't do that often so gotcha
4: so two questions first is who have been some of your biggest flourishing influences for your solo tenor playing and second question is in your championship solo sets yesterday how many signature sam johnson combo crazy flourishing moves did we see so, greater, greatest influences and craziest combos. What do
0: we got? All right. So, I learned from Margaret Pang, who was uh, one of the founding yeah. people of, like, I want to say, tenor drumming in general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she played with City of Washington for a while, so she's obviously an influence. Um, more modern flourishing, I really look to people like Jordan Bailey, uh, Owen Russell. Uh, Even Simon Hodgett at times. uh, The ways that they kind of do their things, and I mold that into my own sort of style. Awesome. Um, But as far as rhythmically, I look for what ball call and Bathgate's really doing. Cool. They're the rhythms that they're really putting on their tenors are so different from anyone else right now. The Stevie McQuillan school is still shining through big time. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, And he's been a major help in the past few years as to helping me grow with that. So I really got to thank him for that as well. Um, what was the other thing crazy
4: combos Sam Johnson signature series moves what do we got All so so if we're watching your Winter Storm Championship video what are some of the cool combos we can look for that maybe we've never seen before that are Sam Johnson only
0: um I don't really want to say anything really Ah, I kind of took from everybody that I've really watched I watch a lot of YouTube videos from many different soloists and bands and just kind of pick them apart and see Mm -hmm. what I can add in um the one thing I will say it's somewhat unique is, like I was saying earlier, the eighth part of Fiddler's Rally, I was doing push in a triplet pattern. So mm-hmm. it's super fast, especially in jig time. Um, just one after another, push-out, 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 and it, it worked out really well. It took cool. me forever to get down, but uh, I haven't really seen anyone do that sort of move in a jig time. So I was really excited about that.
4: That's awesome, man. So final set of questions for you is... We have a big advantage living in North America and just driving or taking a short domestic flight here to Winter Storm. But we also have the challenge of flying overseas to Scotland every year, right? What would you say to, first, people who live in North America, how important is it that they attend Winter Storm? Talk to us about that if you live in North America to come to Winter Storm.
0: So if you're really looking for the biggest sort of contest in the United States, this is the place to be. Um, it's always a great community. Everyone from overseas comes here. Uh, everyone knows this competition, and it's really a great chance to network and be a part of the whole bagpipe world, which, I mean, we are a part of but really getting to know the people like Richard Park, so you never think you would meet and you just happen to run into him in an elevator. Yeah, It's a really cool experience. For sure.
4: And so what would you say to people that that live either in the U.K., Australia, New Zealand, the E.U., um, when they face the international challenge of having to come all the way over here, what would you say to them as far as helping them realize just how awesome it is to be here at Winter Storm?
0: Uh, I'm not exactly sure what contests there are, especially from a tenor perspective. Um, there's not really many adult contests anymore. Right. Um, so it's it's nice to have that kind of circuit and that kind of quality of players at this contest. Yeah. So if you're really looking for a good contest, uh, especially tenor and bass drumming, this is the place to be. Right on, man.
4: Well... Your performance was clearly stellar. Can't wait to check it out and pick it apart a bunch on YouTube. Really looking forward to that. Do you have any other parting thoughts for aspiring Tinder drummers out there?
0: Uh, keep practicing. It's so, so worth it. It really is. And listen to the feedback that you get from contests. Um, like I looked at all of my score sheets from the past, I don't know how many years, three or four or five, and took every single comment to heart and made it work out. So. That's
4: awesome man, thank you so very much Yeah, thank you Mike What's up guys, this is Mike from Rhythm Monster We're here with Eli Fugit He is the 2019 Winter Storm Gold Medal Open Snare Drum Champion How you doing Eli? Uh,
3: pretty good, thanks Michael
4: It's been a pretty awesome weekend for you, yeah? Uh,
3: it went well this year, yeah.
4: yeah Have you had a good time at Winter Storm before, during and after the contest?
3: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's a great event, and uh, uh, every year it just keeps getting more fun and more fun. So,
4: that's cool, man. I mean, you're you're a you're a cat like me. We're both drummers in the United States, so we have a geographical advantage being here from our international buddies. But it's still a haul. It's still a lot of work and a lot of commitment. Tell us about your path in Winter Storm specifically. How many years have you been coming, competing, stuff like that?
3: Oh wow! Um, so think uh the first year they held the drumming competition um was in t- 2004 yeah and uh, early, i, I early came I, I came that year and i won that year awesome um, i came back the next year i took one year off came back again and then i actually had a long break i hadn't been uh going to some of the bigger events financial reasons and whatnot mm-hmm. um Five years ago, I started coming back, so every year I've been coming back, and I'm so happy I do, because, again, each year, it's just so much more fun every single time, so... Absolutely.
4: And meanwhile, you've also been leading a pipe band here in the United States. Tell us about that a little bit.
3: Yeah, so um, I run the drum corps for the Prince Charles Pipe Band, and um, this year, this season will be my my sixth, sixth season with the band, so... Um, It's been a a great experience and uh, a a journey, for sure. (laughs) That's
4: awesome. So about the same time you've been leading the band, you've been coming to Winter Storm pretty regularly. Yes, yes. Awesome. And so you've seen... The, the progress of this event, the open snare drum class most specifically and how it's evolved over the years, is there a big difference that you see between competing now versus competing in the same class back in 2004 or so?
3: Um, well, it's... Uh, let me think here. <laughs> um, if I can recall, um, the way they, they structured it Back then, was you had to submit two sets of each event. Okay. So they had MSR hornpipe jig, and you drew which set when you went in the room. Okay. And now um, it's evolved from that mm-hmm. to you playing a uh, MSR qualifier, right? And then the final would be a hornpipe jig, right? To now this year, um, you had an MSR qualifier, and now the final was msr hornpipe jig
4: tell us about that a little bit because even me man i since i wasn't competing this year i did not know it was an msr hornpipe jig final so tell us a little bit about that you had to just play five tunes bang 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 how was that putting all those together and just playing all those five tunes in succession because i've never seen that before is this a new new thing to you
3: yes this is the first year that i think this event has done that. Yeah. Um, I'm not entirely sure what the reason was for. I bur- assume
4: timing, bur- right? Maybe just to push it through faster.
3: Um, I think I. I don't, this is all rumor, but sure, you know, sure, sure. I, I think um, for a long while there's there's um, drummers in the event that has have expressed interest in wanting to have an MSR in the final somehow. Oh, okay. So so as a way of not making the event take longer. Um. By having an extra event, yeah, um, maybe this was the compromise to achieve that. I, I don't know, so I actually don't know why they they changed it to that this year. Did but, you
4: like it? Did you like having a five tune set for the final?
3: Yeah, it was it was okay. It was definitely a long set, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, especially since um, depending on how long your MSR um, content is, um, mm-hmm. that can make it that much longer ever. Of a set. So, um, yeah, um, it it definitely was a marathon. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But um, I didn't actually realize how long it or how much of an effect it had on me um, until after I walked off. Right,
4: because it's the first time you've done it. So you played an MSR for the qualifier. Right. And then they took the top eight. Then it was a random draw for play order. Then you played an MSR hornpipe jig for the final. Were your MSRs different from the two rounds?
3: No, no. They, the the rules didn't specify that you had to do that, okay. so I don't. I actually don't think anybody did. Smart. Because what reason would you have <laughs> to right. do that? So um, if they do that, then that would definitely make it more challenging yeah. um, to have that much longer of a set, along with a different MSR yeah. set. But you know, if that is what it is, then that's cool. fine too. That's awesome. So,
4: talk to us a little bit about your music. Talk to us about the the tunes you chose and why uh, the compos- the drumming compositions were they yours? Were they someone else's? Tell us about the music you chose and why you chose it in your process.
3: Okay, so <clears throat> uh, a long time ago, i i um, I wanted to, as any probably pipe man drummer wanted to. Play the the ultimate set of ultimate sets, and so okay. I um I wanted to uh, years ago I was playing uh, Donald Cameron Cameronian rant and Pretty Marion. Awesome. so so all Dothrak scores no um, no I well years ago I did play the Duthard, okay uh, Donald Cameron uh, more recently I've written my own score to Donald Cameron okay and then I'm, everybody normally uses their own foundation on the rant yes. but then has their own variations yes so and then i played the death pretty myriad okay so back to the classic yeah. to kind of end the set cool. so um kind of pay tribute to that awesome so, and how about the hornpipe jig um captain getty's turnabout okay. um and the hen's march and um yeah i i I played uh, Captain Keddy's Turnabout a long time ago as well. So, so a lot of this material is um, stuff that i had played a lot in the past, but, okay. but had not played in a while. Okay. Um, and in recent years, I've been bringing the, the Marathon MSR set back into my awesome. mix because um, I just wanted to really challenge myself again. And,
4: uh, well, and it makes you even more competitive playing those monster tunes. And especially if it's a combo of your scores and classic scores, right?
3: Yeah, and and they're just really... I love the classic tunes, you know. They're they're, they're great tunes, and uh, there's other tunes out there, but I also just love the old classic tunes. Cool,
4: yeah. I mean, they are classic for a reason, Right. right? Good music will stand the test of time. When you're at... This level of competition, you're you're bidding for those top three spots at Winter Storm Gold, World Solos, North American Championships, perhaps. How important is it your tune selection and the the drumming composition how How important is that to you, and how does that affect your process from the very beginning? Uh,
3: I'm not sure I understand. What do you mean?
4: So, if you were to select, let's say, a Donald Cameron versus Maybe something a little bit lighter, like the conundrum or Hugh Kennedy.
3: Oh, okay. I think I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I think I usually try and I, I, I tend to to see if there's a key change from cool. tune to tune, mm-hmm. so that way it helps the flow of the set. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't become monotonous. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like to concern myself with some of those details because I think it does make a difference. Cool um, for how you know you know a judge is going to listen to a competition and if you're able to do something melodically even just from the tune selection yeah
4: that helps your your MSR i think you know sure I same think, thing with the hornpipe jig especially since you have to play all five in succession yeah yeah you change play a part I, you that. know
3: i i have the hornpipe and jig set up for uh it being its own event, yes. Right. So I've again I've considered those kind of elements with the tune selection when pairing the tunes together as Excellent. well. So, and
4: I think from a drumming composition, you obviously said you want to balance between classic stuff and your stuff, mm-hmm. and the the scores of yours that you played. These are scores you've played for years, correct? Or are some of these new ones that you composed recently, maybe for this competition.
3: Um. So yeah, no, I've I've um, t- recently I actually I was playing uh, a new score for the for the jig. Okay. I hadn't played that before. So, okay, um, I I had pre- been preparing that score for uh, the world solos. Cool. So, okay. uh, and and my piper, um, he he plays with Saint Lawrence O'Toole, and um, we were having a hard time. Uh, finding common tunes that I had already uh, material to or he knew and um, so I, I just simply said well let me, let me ask Stephen Crichton if he would be okay with having me uh, you know play a, a score of his sure, and so okay. I reached out to him just to make it an easier process for us to get tunes set up for the the world solos okay cool so i i was recently developing that one for october Mm -hmm. but i hadn't had a chance to play it so this was the first time uh, playing it in competition
4: first time ever in in a contest in a contest Uh, okay and so how long do you think your total preparation process was we've heard from some guys they were planning this out three to six months we've heard from other guys they reserved it for just four weeks and they were really intense for those four weeks what was your process like in preparation
3: um so <laughs> it's it's different year to year uh, in a way for me because um my job i worked i work really interesting uh shift patterns so um it kind of is dictated on what i can have time to do mm-hmm. um so I, I actually work at 4 or 5 in the morning sometimes. Wow. And when I get off, then I have time uh, available before I have to go pick up my son.
4: Wow.
3: Uh, so I have a few hours to cr- cr- cram in some practicing, you know, and, okay. and, and then not any particular amount of days in a week necessarily. Okay. So, <laughs> so it, it is very sporadic for me yeah. because of... The elements that are in my life. Yeah, Uh, yeah. you've got
4: job, you've got family, you've got real life stuff to worry about. So you've just always got sticks and pad in the back pocket, ready to throw down whenever you can.
3: Sticks everywhere. Awesome. (laughs) I have a sticks and pad in my car. Cool. And everything. So yeah, that's awesome.
4: How about um, the adjudicators themselves? Did you was your tune selection, preparation, composition, all that stuff dictated, adjusted at all by knowing who was judging you? No. No? No. None of that whatsoever?
3: No. Because like I said, I've, I've played uh, that MSR set years ago. Yeah. It was not... None of my tune selection was based off of the environment, the judging, not, nothing like that. Very cool. So,
4: Next question is about environment. Um, it's an indoor gig, not an outdoor gig. Um, tell us about you know sticks, heads, drums, stuff like that. Did you have gear adjustments that you did specifically for this indoor contest versus the band, or maybe an outdoor solo contest?
3: Um, this year, yes. I so I in years past, I've I grew up playing on uh, Premier drums right. mostly, so I, I've always felt at home and comfortable playing on that product. Mm-hmm. And I've always done a pretty decent job, I feel, at getting a good sound for indoors mm-hmm. uh, at, at these competitions. Mm-hmm. I've tried a few things along the way to see what works better, what doesn't work as well. Um, and um, through an experience at the World Solos this year, I, I had some things not working quite well with my drum. And uh, thankfully... Uh, Marcus Winlock actually was nice enough to let me borrow his as a backup if I couldn't get mine going Okay. so um, I ended up having to use his wow. and it was an Andante and so anyway uh, there was some things about it that I, I actually kind of I went through a process of realizing or or, or, or you know I, I don't know just kind of exper- exper- experiencing experience. it yeah, differently yeah. in an indoor environment so um, I made the decision that I was going to go ahead and use the Andante for, okay. for this competition.
4: And what what about sticks? Some I've heard some guys say, I, I like to use slightly beefier sticks outside with the band, and I maybe like to use lighter sticks inside for indoors. Did you have a, a similar thing in your experimenting? Um,
3: I've tried some different things regarding that, but in the end, I, I feel like I always end up with a just a sort of a medium weight with a... A stick that's well balanced and has a good pitch to it. Gotcha. So nothing, nothing out of the ordinary, really.
4: Gotcha. Last question: Since you're, you know, a lead drummer of a band, and you're a highly competitive soloist, are there, are there any thoughts you've had about your musical approach? I'm approaching things this way. When I'm leading my band, I have to make these adjustments. When I'm at Winter Storm as a soloist, are there any adjustments there that you think about? And if so, what are they?
3: So with the band, um, I think there is a difference because there's so many other components and elements mm-hmm. uh, going on when the band is ramping up and what, you know, especially with pipes,, yeah. um, weather, mm-hmm. and but that, that does um, it's very warm where I live. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes if it's really, really warm. The pipes can't play very long before the pitch goes way too high, and so that can dictate a lot of time we actually get to prepare as a band. The minutes leading up. So I would say, yeah, there is a difference, and you kind of have to do it situationally. Gotcha. Um, So solo versus band preparation, or yes, it's it is different, and it is different on the day depending on what you run into. Sure. Sure
4: my last question for you in this regard band versus solo is tempo to me it seems pretty straightforward band tempos pretty bright solo drummer tempos significantly slower is this something that you have have thought about consciously you know for example okay we want the march tempo to be 82 in the band but i'm shooting for 79 as a soloist how do you deal with tempo adjustments band versus soloist
3: um, so with the band, there definitely has been discussions about that kind of thing regarding where you want to where you want to be when you start after the rolls, um, and how that naturally um, falls into place for the next tune, and, and then the next tune, and you know, yeah. you want to get the first one down yeah. because everything else kind of falls in place. Yes, um, you don't need to worry too much in terms of. Did it fluctuate this much or that much? Yeah. But if you get the first one bang on, then typically I think it usually goes pretty smooth. Awesome. Um, solos, I like to have a, a, a nice upbeat swinging march. So okay. I just, I don't ever really do anything with a metronome and have an exact, because you're not really allowed to do that in the sure. in the environment. So right. I don't really ever do it that way. Okay, I just want to make sure that it, Nice and bright Heels right Swinging Yeah That's That's
4: cool That's it I like that a lot What do you think What do you think Is your biggest Takeaway From this year You know Obviously There's an element of, Of subjectivity And 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 things when it comes to adjudicating, right? It's not completely in our control. But you clearly had an edge this year. You were you were feeling good going in and coming out. What is your big takeaway to try to keep your growth continuing for your next solo contest and Winter Storm next year? What have you What have you really learned from this experience that you could share with us?
3: So um, I would say that I feel I I just tried to play more. Myself uh, than I had played in a long time, and get back to the ways the way I was playing a while ago, um, and just not hold back, yeah. go for it, have confidence, and just you have nothing to lose. Awesome mentality. So I, I I wouldn't say there's any specific major takeaway, but just uh, play your way. You know, yeah. make it your show.
4: I so. I think that's beautiful, and it's. It's easy in theory and hard in practice, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know? And it doesn't always go the way you hope. Right. But, yeah, uh, hard work and patience and just focus and just play your way, you know.
4: What would you say to an aspiring soloist, whether it's a maybe a lower level or a higher level player who's struggling with that, struggling to find... You know, who am I as a player? What do I sound like? What is normal? What is comfortable for me? What can you share with us about you know your growth in that to help a less experienced soloist find their comfort zone?
3: That's a hard question. I mean, it's that's a- right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think especially if it's a, a, a lower grade levels it's usually a lot more beginning players so regarding um players that are at that level i feel like the biggest things that they can do to focus on and to to get comfortable doing it is doing a good introduction um trying to be relaxed and, and as smooth and musical as possible while they're playing and then uh, have a confident ending I mean it really yeah. it almost those three elements and I know it almost sounds cliche to say that but it's so true but it really I don't I don't mean to sound like everybody else but yeah, yeah. I, for that level I would say those are the the things that really are the things that I would focus on
4: so that that sounds good to me what I hear is bookend your performance with consistency right. and just be smooth in between Yep.
3: yeah, yeah.
4: I like that a lot. Last question, man, is what's next for Eli Fugit? What are you you doing this year that's new and special, or what's up with the band? Where is your your drumming, pipe man, musical focus now for 2019?
3: Um, So the band has our AGM next weekend. Um, uh, I, I think shortly after that we'll have a pretty solid handle on what our plans are for this year. So at the moment we're not... Totally confirmed on anything out of our local area, um, but for solos, um, I haven't made a, arrangements yet. But I'm now I'm thinking I might try and go out to the Vancouver indoor. Cool. I might try and get up there for that if I can work it out. Yeah, uh, but I need to make some things happen in order to have that happen. So
4: and have about the world solos?
3: Um, I'll be back at the world solos for sure. Very so good. Um,
4: yeah. So here at North America, especially since you're West Coast, Winter Storm's a no-brainer. Got to do that. Vancouver Indoor is a big, exciting one for you. What about Maxville for a soloist like you? I know Maxville's on the other side of the continent, but is that an attractive solo contest for you?
3: Um, not at the moment. Okay. Um, I We did go there as a band a few years back, and... Um, it was a fantastic experience. Um, it was wonderful to be there, and luckily it was a year that was not raining. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I've heard horror stories about the years yep. that it rains there. So, um, but um, it was very. It's a long way out, away from, yeah. from from San Diego, especially. Totally. <laughs> right, is <laughs> pretty far trip to go for sure. a solo. You know, and so the
4: band would have to go for you to go as a soloist,
3: probably. Gotcha.
4: Um, just because of the.
3: It's it's not a contest that's like Kansas City. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Yeah. In terms of the the players that come, how big the competition is, how f- how fun the environment is because of the people that come. Yeah. You know the the. And it, I don't want to make it sound like the event is not a nice event. It's sure. a fantastic event, of course. Yeah, um, but uh, even the year I did go, I don't recall there actually being a lot of people gotcha. en- entering the so- the open solos. So gotcha. It'd be a long way to go, a lot of money for not a very big con- contest. I hear you. So,
4: But, but again, so for you, it's, it's Winter Storm, possibly Vancouver, and then world solos. Do you see that being your annual routine, at least for the foreseeable future? I, I think so, yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, we're definitely super excited about checking it out on YouTube. There was a live stream that's posted for free, right, where we can check out both of your sets, I assume. I'm sure they've already been posted by now. Have you listened to your performances yet? (laughs) Um, So, actually, uh,
3: my wife was live streaming the live stream (laughs) (laughs) on Facebook. Cool. And it was uh, so funny because... uh, (laughs) she was with some friends of ours who have two kids mm-hmm. our, our kids my kids are about three years old okay and their their kids are about the same age so okay. while i'm in she's live streaming the live stream and all the kids are jumping around dancing to <laughs> me playing And so awesome. I, I, that's about as much as
4: i've seen and if you're making people dance you're doing something <laughs> right yeah
3: so it was fun that's to awesome. watch them having a good time though
4: very yeah. cool Well, definitely want to encourage everyone out there to check out all of Eli's performances. There were lights out awesome. I'm sure there'll probably be some concert footage too because that's another awesome perk of winning at Winter Storm. You get a concert spot. Yeah? Yeah. How was that for you, man, playing in the concert again this year? That was uh, actually a real blast for me. Um, Awesome. And who was it? Who was in your pot of guys that got to play together? (laughs)
3: Um, Shoot. So I know... Matt was his first name, mm-hmm. Ross and I think Andrew. All the gold medal guys, right? Yeah, and so And Sam it, it was tenor just drummer. Sam yeah. and Ben and, and Ben, yeah, yeah, that's right. And and so and it was just really fun and enjoyable to How play did you with guys
4: decide what set you were gonna play?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. We we again it was kind of piecing together what do you know, what do I know? And I think in years past, um not always, but mostly um, the winners tend to play MSRs sure and they said well why don't we do something else you know so yeah. then it it got more challenging to find material so so anyway um, but yeah it was just fun to it got it was it was fun to piece it together um, even probably 20 minutes ahead of time we were fine tuning in one or two things yeah. and so
4: <laughs> no time like the present exactly it was, backstage of the concert. it was yeah. a lot of fun so. that's awesome man well definitely everyone check out all the YouTube clips you can of Eli's performances at Winter Storm there's the concert there's the final there's the qualifier all are super super awesome and hopefully here in the future too we might even see some Eli Fugit on Rhythm Monster which would be pretty awesome We'll see what we do there. All right. But yeah, man, any other uh, parting thoughts for people about uh, your Winter Storm experience and 2019 for Eli's drumming, anything like that?
3: Um, everybody should come to Winter Storm.
4: Yeah, they should. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's all I man, got. Eli, if you could, <laughs> thank you so very much, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you. What's up, guys? This is Mike from Rhythm Monster. I am here with Kerr McQuillan. He is the 2019 Winter Storm Grade 1 Champion snare drummer. How's it going, Care?
2: Yeah, really good. Great day.
4: Man, how is it that you're able to come to the United States and not only perform at Winter Storm, but perform so well? This is
2: how many years have you come now? This is my second year. Second year. And how did you do last year? I won the grade two, so I got put up to grade one this year and won that as well. This is a pretty
4: pretty good progression, I think, going from grade yeah. two to grade one and winning it, man. Man, tell us about, I mean, obviously you're an outstanding player at such a young age. How, are, how old are you Fourteen. now?
2: Fourteen years old.
4: Fourteen years old. That's so awesome. What is your process like? How are you you know, going to school and doing all the things you know a 14, 13 and 14-year-old does and able to achieve and maintain such a high level of musicianship and travel internationally to perform? Tell us about what you do to do this.
2: I once come back from school, always just love to practice all rudiments, make sure all my pieces are clean. And I usually, like six weeks before the competition, Go through the march, just be a real. Sometimes hornpipe and jig, keep the hands going. It's, yeah, a lot of practice.
4: That's excellent, man. How how did you get started? I mean, I assume that your dad, Stevie McQuillan, has been a huge influence. Who else has helped groom you to this point?
2: So yeah, um, my dad obviously, Tom Brown and Gordon Brown have helped me over the years. Have been excellent with me. Yeah. That's
4: fantastic, man. So we got to spend a little bit of time together in Scotland this year. The Rhythm Monster team, we came out to the Bog Hall zone and got to see all of your bands rehearse from the little guys with Tom all the way up to your awesome group and then all the way up to the big Bog Hall guys. Man, that it's just one of the most inspiring positive environments yeah. I think I've seen in all of pipe bands and for you it just must be normal right this is how you've grown
2: up the system's great from just the weak heads in, and it's just great for everyone to see but me going through all the system up to the grade one band and just see everyone's progression it's a great system to play in
4: it really is man I mean I really think it's just such a, a beautiful thing that you guys have got going on and I mean kudos to you for not just being a part of it but maxing it out big time So, man, tell us about, specifically for Winter Storm, tell us about the scores you played, who the composers were, and tell us about, you said you spent six weeks preparing, you know, are there any specific things that we could learn from your process?
2: Yeah, so so six weeks, and I usually select some tunes, have a little short list, go through them, see what ones I like, and then on probably the fifth week, I'll decide my tunes, um, so I played Balmoral Highlanders uh, Tom Gordon's score Kay. great score classic which, yeah um, yep. so this year I decided to kind of change Master's of real to make it a bit different more enjoyable uh, so I played and Walking. Uh, Alec Dufford's score cool another then, classic yep, yeah Charlie's Welcome which is a bit of my score a bit cool. of Steve McWhirter you know
4: So you're already writing yourself as well.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I like doing that. That's awesome. And you also had to play a hornpipe and jig. Not this year. Not this year. It was just MSR? Yeah, just
4: just MSR.
2: Okay, excellent.
4: And to help everyone understand, it's a different format for every grade. For grade one at Winter Storm this year, how many rounds were there and what did you have to play?
2: So there was 16 people in the competition and we just had to play one MSR. Mm -hmm. And then that would determine the winner, of three prizes, and I, I was lucky enough to get the gold.
4: Cool, so there wasn't a, a qualifier and no. a final?
2: No, it was just straight final. Okay,
4: excellent, excellent. So you said you during your six-week period you finally chose your tunes in yeah. about week five. Does that mean you had multiple marches, multiple stress-based, multiple reels, and you really wanted to find your favorites toward the end? Yeah,
2: exactly that. So usually I had three, three of each, and then I would decide my favorite march and just practiced it constantly, and the same for just being real.
4: Very cool. So, you played Gordon and Tom's classic Balmoral yeah. Highlanders. We obviously all know the Dutherd Bogan Loken. And what about this reel you played?
2: Yeah, so I was really inspired by watching Inverarian Field Marshal yeah. playing Charlie's Welcome, so I yeah. thought I'd have a go at my score.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, just really enjoy the tune, really inspired. So,
4: That's yeah. super awesome, man. Maybe we can possibly get you to show us that of score course, on Rhythm yeah. Monster. Of course, yeah. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. So, what's next for you, man? You've now got two Winter Storm gold medals. Do you plan on coming back next
2: year? Of course, yeah. I would love to come back. Obviously, it's going to be hard with school, but I would love to come back and try and win again.
4: That's excellent. So, did you have to just take some days off school to come here?
2: Uh, Yeah, I've had a week off school, Was doing really good. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Yeah. yeah.
4: So how do you balance that? Do you just tell your teachers, hey, I've got to go do this drum gig across the planet, but don't worry, I'll be up to speed on my studies. How do you do that? How do you balance doing the serious drum things, traveling internationally, and still coming back and making school happen?
2: Yeah, it's hard, but the teachers are really understanding, and you know they, they're they cool with it. They really mm. like the idea about music because mm. we're a music school.
4: Yeah, okay. So, so yeah, what they, music school is this? It's
2: Douglas Academy. Okay,
4: awesome. Yeah. So they're already in support of you guys doing of course, yeah. music like this.
2: Yeah, and then they understand that I'll come back and I'll work hard. I've got exams next year. Yeah. So it's hard but I'll keep going. But you make it happen, right? Yeah, of course, yeah.
4: That's awesome. That's awesome. It's it really is, man, it is, you know, for me as a lifetime educator and musician, yeah. it is just so inspiring to see young guys like you. In a system like Bog Hall, in an awesome music school like this, but again, not just being in it, but doing it well, taking full advantage of everything around you, it's awesome. What would you say to someone who's your age, who maybe doesn't have those advantages and is not able to have the wealth of experience you have around you. What what's some other things they can do to try to learn and motivate themselves to just come to a winter storm?
2: I think the main thing is is, you know, enjoying it mm-hmm. and getting inspired and then you try and reach out and get lessons. Yeah. That's the big thing. Um, whether it's McGurter, Gordon Brown, Stephen yeah. Crichton, you know, you need to just try and get lessons and keep going.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean it's it's easier than ever to get a hold of guys right yeah
2: it is right but there's always we contacts you know there's always young people going about mm-hmm. and they would help you into it as well
4: absolutely yeah. that's awesome and again seeing your crew your age and i think younger in bog hall was really awesome because you've got a really healthy team of guys yeah. how do you feel about your team how do you see you guys progressing up into the grade one bog hall band soon
2: Yeah, we all get on really well. It's a great wee family. We've got a ball call, and we all just love everyone up in the Grade 1 band to keep the family going.
4: That's awesome, man. What other solo contests are you going to do this season?
2: So um, in February, I've got the Shots, Junior Championships. Um, I'll have the Loathing and Borders branch and World Solos, obviously. Just little competitions like that.
4: That's cool. And you've done World Solos before. What, What have you done thus far at the World Solos, and how have you fared...
2: So yeah, I've I did the tenor drum when I was younger. And, right. Uh, I'd won that five times. So then it's like, five yeah, times. Yeah. My goodness. That's and then awesome. Won the snare once, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm just going to keep going, try and win more. Keep trying, you know.
4: That's fantastic. So you're obviously an, also a killer tenor drummer. Do you see yourself keeping up with that? Do you ever see yourself maybe also playing tenor drum in a grade one band, or is it just all snare here on out?
2: For me it's just snare. Okay. Yeah, obviously a tenor drum helps mm. understanding scores and tune structure. Yeah. Um, but for me it's just snare.
4: That's awesome. Yeah. You might pick up the mallets and do a flourish now and then but yeah. you're all snare all the time. Yeah, exactly. That's fantastic, man. So, coming back to Winter Storm again next year, what would you say to other other international guys, guys who don't live in the U.S. or Canada, who maybe think, oh, it's impossible, I can't get off school, I can't get off work to go compete, what What would you say to these guys to help give them some motivation to say, you can do this too, coming to Winter Storm?
2: Yeah, I mean, Winter Storm's good crack. You know, you yeah. come over for a laugh. <laughs> you just need to explain to everyone how good it is, yeah. and I'm sure you'll be allowed to go over.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How influential has it been to come to Winter Storm for you every year? Yeah,
2: it's been brilliant. All the big names are over here. You take a lot from it. And there's That's great right. workshops that are on as well. So it's brilliant. I love it.
4: That's awesome, man. And even though you're a monster player and winning all the contests, do you go to the workshops? Do you sit on some of them sometimes?
2: I've not this year, but I would definitely like to go. It's
4: yeah. Just, you know. It's always good to learn, right? Yeah. So one last thing here. Tell us about your Monster Instructor series coming up on Rhythm Monster. Yeah. What's some of the stuff you played? What can what can our, our people expect to see from you?
2: So I've got a few of my own scores mixed together with some of Tom and Gordon's scores. Um, and I'm going to maybe try and break a few bits down and mm-hmm. show you how show I play them.
4: And you also did some tinder drumming as well, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, I did a bit of tenor drumming, just some basic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully we can make everyone better.
4: Man, it's really cool. You are the definitely the, the only person we've had so far who was able to lay down some excellent snare drum stuff at multiple levels and some killer tenor drum stuff at multiple levels. That's crazy. Yeah,
2: thank you. It means a lot.
4: Yeah, yeah man, it really has. I have to tell you again, as an educator, it is awesome seeing you and your dad go all over the place and do these excellent things and and seeing you grow in the short time we've known you guys thanks so much for hanging out with us
2: just love pipe bands hopefully can keep it all going
4: yeah man fantastic thanks so much
2: been a pleasure thanks cool there you go wasn't that fantastic i have to
1: say thank you so much to the guys from rhythm monster for grabbing those interviews and to those guys who took the time to talk to them Thank you so much. It was great just to catch up and hear about what happened on the ground. Now, if you managed to be a part of Winterstorm, if you were there, I have to say you were one lucky sod. I really wish I could have been there because watching the fun and frivolities from everyone, it just looked to be ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, we managed to watch all of the concert and stuff thanks to the live stream as well. And I have to say the concert, man. Oh, my word. It was just brilliant. I think stand, stand out things from the concert for me has to be Stuart Little. Oh, my God. That guy can play. And also, I'm a massive Fred Morrison fan. That guy is an absolute legend. And he put on one heck of a show. So shout out to the guys there at the concert. Simply outstanding. I can't tell you. And you can go back as well. I shared all the links, of course, on the Rab Show Facebook page. All of those are all up there. You can go back, tune in. Watch the whole thing again if you want, including all the competition stuff. (sighs) So much good stuff. Thanks to the guys at Dojo University for producing all of it and letting us all live precariously through their online live stream. It was simply brilliant. So there you go. Right, guys, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, please consider giving us a rating, depending on whether you're listening to this, of course. You could be listening to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, all those different places. Do give us a rating or a comment. Let us know if you enjoyed this episode. Also, don't forget our giveaway from Rhythm Monster. 10% off your monthly annual fee or your yearly annual or annual yearly annual fee. <laughs> or your annual fee just type in the promotion code rab monster and yeah you'll get 10 percent off so there you go okay guys that's it for another big rab show podcast thanks so much for tuning in don't forget check out our patreon page consider joining our patreon crowd and you can get tons of extra content plus our rab show merch was yeah, it's just about to head out the door. We're very close to launching our new stuff. So go along, BigRabShow.com. Get yourself hooked up with some merch before all the new designs come in. All right. woo! That's me for another week, guys. We shall see us here on the Rab Show podcast next week. Feel free. Get your emails into us, BigRabShow at gmail.com. And don't forget those all-important questions to Richard Parks and Terry Tully. Get them emailed into us and yeah, we will ask them with pleasure, it'll be good crack. Until next week, guys, we'll see you right here in the Rab Show Podcast. Well, that's it for another Big Rab Show podcast. Thanks so much to our sponsors, G1Roots, played by bands around the world, including our current champion of champions in Verarian District. Don't forget to check out the for all of your Big Rab Show merch and news, views and chat throughout the week. Until next time, guys, we'll see you right here on the Big Rab Show podcast. All the best.